We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to another episode of the Nintendo Powercast. I'm your host, N64 Josh, for this Nintendo News Minute. Before we jump into this, guys, I'm currently wearing my Mario Kart t-shirt and the Mario Kart podcast, The Dirt. That's what you got to search for right now because it's not really showing up for anything. But if you type Mario Kart podcast, The Dirt, or The Dirt Mario Kart podcast, it will show up in your search results. I checked Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cast, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Amazon, wherever you listen, you should be able to find the first episode, the pilot episode. And it's a it's a conversational episode with uh, myself and Firestone talking about a two v two mogi that we did, and we don't even know what that we I had to look up that word on the Urban Dictionary to find out what it meant, and uh, so it's a good time. It's a lot of fun. This show, that show in particular, is going to have tips and tricks. And talking about the 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 upcoming game, talking about the competitive scene, digging more into the esports side of thing. There's there's so much to unpack with uh, with Mario Kart, and I'm very very excited. So go subscribe. I, I need I need I have a favor. Okay, in order to get up the ranks quickly, if you're listening on Apple, go listen to the show and leave a review. That would be that would mean the world to me, honestly. If you could do that, it would mean that would mean so so much. And uh, if you're listening on Spotify, you can also leave a review there as well. I think it's just through a star rating, and I would greatly greatly appreciate that. So a lot of fun stuff to come. It's going to be very community focused, where we get together and we race and chat and Discord and uh, streams and all the stuff. So cannot wait for um, for everything that's going to come come about from from that so go check out the dirt mario kart podcast and uh stay tuned for for many many more last thing i want to let you guys know about is there's going to be exclusive shows for subscribers the first one is going to drop tomorrow and it is going to be like but behind the scenes nintendo is kind of the the theme of the show we're going to be taking a look at the behind the scenes of you know, the development of different games and, you know, some of the history behind it and, and that kind of stuff. So um, if you sub to Spotify or Apple, you have access to that show. It's five four ninety nine a month and uh, you get no, there's no more ads. So every episode will be ad free and you will 
also get this exclusive show Nintendo um, behind the scenes Nintendo. And so I'm not sure that that's just the the name. I don't have a, a set in stone name yet, but essentially we're going to be taking a look at the history and development, all that kind of fun stuff. So really looking forward to that. The first exclusive episode drops tomorrow. With that, let's jump into the news. Big news today. Analyst predicts the Switch 2 will be an iterative evolution and will cost $400. Interesting. We're going to dive into this with the uh, with the crew on NPC because there's a whole lot to unpack here. Curious about their thoughts. So we will really, really dive in when uh, um, when we get together to talk about this. But we'll just kind of we'll kind of breeze over it. I'll throw out some uh, throw out some of my thoughts, of course. And if you guys have you got, you know, you want to put you have your voice heard, throw it in the discord and NPC questions tag me just so I make sure I can see it and we'll read them on tomorrow's show. But what do you think about, uh, the, the, the switch not being like the, according to this analyst, it's not going to be a major leap, you know? So potentially not 4k, not 120 frames, not up to par with like the series X and the PS five or the series S. I don't know that how I don't I don't know that many of us are expecting that, but let's take a look at the article here. It says an analyst has predicted that Nintendo's next console will be an iterative evolution on the current switch and will cost four hundred dollars at launch. Oh, and it's apparently also coming this year. Uh, Speaking via a predictions roundup over at GameIndustry.biz, Dr. Serkin Toto, CEO of Game Industry Consultancy um, firm. Catan Games has also predicted that the console's games will be increased to a price um, uh, in price to $70, bringing them in line with the recent gradual changes made to PS5 and Xbox games. Finally, he's quite adamant that with Pokemon being associated with handheld gaming, the Switch 2 will at the very least maintain the portability of the current console. I don't see them leaving that anytime soon, especially with so many people in the industry following Steam and I mean, I'm I'm currently selling on my TikTok shop this thing called a G8 uh, made by a company called GameSir where you literally just put your phone in. And if you guys are seeing the video right now, it looks like a Super Nintendo controller um, crossed over with an Xbox controller. And you you play on your phone screen. So you can do like Xbox, uh, you know, cloud gaming or Call of Duty Mobile, uh, probably even Madden. And uh, it's a really it's a really cool piece of hardware. But a lot of a lot of companies are going going the direction that you know we want to we want to play handheld. I mean, if we've been in the Nintendo ecosystem a long time, if you're anything like me, I mean, I've got I've got Game Boys all around me. I've got DSs, 3DSs, all the above. I've always wanted the chance to be able to game portably, and the Switch, of course, really kind of like set the bar for what what is possible with with handheld gaming. Now, some of you might disagree and say it was Game Gear all the way back in the day. Maybe the Atari Lynx. I think that's what it was called, <laughs> but. Uh, but but the switch really nailed it. I've even been playing my switch light more recently. I've been, I've been playing a little more uh, vampire survivors and it just sits by my bed and I just, I, I kind of play that or I do a little time trials on Mario Kart right on my switch light. And uh, so, you know, <laughs> portable gaming is, is, has been a thing for me for a very, very long time. So it makes sense that it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, here's the quote from, uh, from Toto. It says, 
this time is finally here for a Switch successor, and even though I can't, I can say a pro model actually did exist. Certain developers were already working with the dev kit. I believe the next hardware will drop next year, 2024, for $400. There's a high chance that the games will cost more too, which is $70. The next system is also likely to be an iteration rather than a revolution. Nintendo might add some bells and whistles to the device, but it will be similar to the current Switch. And because there is Pokemon and Pokemon is associated with handheld gaming, there's no way on earth Nintendo will drop that portability feature for their next big thing. The article continues, says, phew, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Well, price increase aside anyway, we're quite keen on the next console, keeping the general concept of the Switch intact, as we're sure many of you fine folks are. And I definitely am. No question there, like, keep the Switch, the, the very similar, like, of course, there's some things that we could fix. We're going to dig into that, talking about like Joy-Con drift and some other things, but but keep the same, keep it going. Now, maybe, maybe there's a, a, a possibility that like they do strictly a, a like a home console version and then the the Switch version that's also portable and then maybe the light version. Who knows? Give themselves three SKUs, but all taking the same games another possibility there and uh i i think we're gonna see nintendo followers a similar route as far as like here's the first one and then here's the light and then here's the here's the pro and i've been saying from the beginning of the switch i can't see them going too far away from this tablet design for a while it's cheap tech we're using older tech they're they're getting you know especially they hit a 400 dollars price point i'm assuming they're still going to be in profit because they typically are and uh i still think it's going to be good enough for uh for for what we're wanting to do with it you know will third parties be able to keep up that are making games on the ps5 and and uh the series i don't know from my understanding developers are having a hard time with those systems as it is like as as we get you know higher higher resolution and and higher frame rates i still hear all the time about games coming in at you know 30 fps and and uh not not hitting the the highest resolution and having to scale back like i i feel like it's a it's a it's forever a a give and take and you know so will we see something like you know, Starfield running on the switch. Very unlikely. Will we see the same version of call of duty running on switch? Very unlikely, but that doesn't mean we can't get switch specific versions of these games. As long as the install base is there for the companies to, to want to do that. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll end with this as we, we move on to the next piece, but call of duty wasn't on switch, but call of duty mobile, which is one of the games I will play with like, that that game the the G8 the game sir that I was telling you about Call of Duty Mobile is fantastic like now I probably am a, I probably really like it because when you play with the controller in that game you absolutely dominate everybody so you know but if that if if Call of Duty Mobile made its way to the Switch you've got a you've got Warzone you've got Call of Duty like Team Deathmatch and you I think there's one other game mode as well and like that would be a f- a fantastic title for the Switch. I assume it would run there. That being said, there's so many more mobile devices out there that I don't even know that you know Call of Duty Mobile is even looking at the amount of of Switches because 
it may not move the needle all that much. That And that's that's crazy to say because it's like, well, that's a million units. Yeah, but the amount of phones far surpasses. From my understanding, there's more phones out than there are people on the earth as far. So like it's... Uh, it's it's just it's such a crazy number and such a lucrative market just to be on mobile but uh you know for those of us that are, that love playing on the switch love the form factor all the above hopefully we will see some games that uh you know that we didn't see the last time around on the switch call of duty madden some of those uh some of those games because i can tell you right now i would be playing a lot of madden if it was on the switch and it was better than fifa that's the that's the trick though. It really needs to be better than FIFA. So, we're going to dig way more into this on uh, tomorrow's show and uh a lot to talk about uh with the with the rumors of the Switch too. Well, Dave the Diver hits 3 million global sales. They put out a tweet saying 3 million global sales of Dave the Diver. Thank you so much for the support and love. And I'll be honest, I love seeing these indie games see this kind of success you know there's there's blood sweat and tears that goes into these games you could tell just from the the pixel art alone like this is no small endeavor right and i'll be honest i haven't i haven't i haven't played the game but you know seeing it at the game awards hearing about the the crossover they're going to be doing and uh you know i'm i'm sure i'm sure at the game awards having that game on the stage probably move the needle for him somewhat like and i I think it's great you know i just saw johnny tweet about how he's loving indies right now i've been playing vampire survivors a lot like like don't sleep on the indies i need to check out uh dave the diver especially with three million three million units people are people are enjoying this one so i need to uh i need to check it out myself and i just i'm loving the pixel art and everything i'm seeing um on the uh on the article right now well, Hamster Corporation reveals its first arcade archives release of 2024. It says, stop the supercomputer Zelda in Mighty Guy. So this is one of those like top-down games. It's not something that I've ever played before, but here we go. From 1986, the year I started kindergarten, it says Mighty Guy is an action game released by Nit. Nichi Butsu in 1986. Use your psycho gun in addition to superhuman actions like punches, kicks, and beams to take down enemies and stop the massive supercomputer Zelda in its schemes and genetically modified human um in its schemes to genetically modify humanity and take over the world. The Arcade Archive series has faithfully reproduced many classic arcade masterpieces. Players can change from, uh, can change various game settings such as game difficulty and also reproduce the atmosphere of arcade display sitting um, settings at that time. Players can also compete against each other from all over the world with their high scores. Please enjoy the masterpiece that built a generation for the video games. Um, as normal, this latest Arcade Archives release will set you back $7.99. So, and it looks like, so Hamster Corporation put out a tweet and it says a sale is being held at the PS Store and Nintendo eShop. 11 titles from Arcade Archives and ACA Neo Geo series are 50% off. And this was from the 23rd. So I don't know if I see it. It may, it, it may no longer be the case. Uh, but but there is a chance if there's some of these that you want, like 
Samurai Showdown is on that list. And uh, possibly a King of Fighters is what I'm seeing. So some some fantastic titles that uh, that I've picked up a handful of them. Punch Out and Donkey Kong, and I think uh, Excite Bike Versus, and I think even Super Mario Brothers Arcade, like just to name a few. And uh, fa- you know, so nice having those original ROMs in uh, in in the collection. I absolutely love it. So. If uh, if Mighty Guy is uh, is is something you remember playing as a kid, go 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 pick it up on your Switch. Well, Nintendo shares most played Switch games in 2023 for Europe. Here we go. Here's the list. Fortnite number one, The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom, Minecraft, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Animal Crossing: New Horizons, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Pokemon Scarlet. Pokemon Violet, Rocket League, Fall Guys, Super Mario Odyssey, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Hogwarts Legacy, EA Sports FC 24, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, Pokemon Unite, Nintendo Switch Sports, Splatoon 3, Mario Party Superstars, Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, and Disney's Dream Light Valley. So it says Nintendo recently shared the list. Uh, via the Switch News Channel featuring the system's most played games in Europe last year. This same list has also been on the Switch Australia and New Zealand news feeds as well. As you might have already guessed, a lot of major first-party releases are included along with some of the biggest third-party and free-to-play titles. Um, And it goes on to say it includes Zelda, Super Mario, Fortnite, Pokemon, and Minecraft. So uh, it is worth noting that that list is not in any chronological order. So they didn't reveal how much time was played with each. So keep that in mind. It doesn't. I know I made it sound at the top like uh, that Fortnite was 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 number one, but that isn't necessarily the case. Although I'm guessing it probably is. I could be wrong, but I'm guessing it probably is. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Well, uh, Hideke Hideke Kamiya hopes to return to video games, uh, the video game industry in 2024. He says, I want a job making games. So last year, the famous Japanese video game developer um, Hideki Kamiya decided to leave Platinum Games, mentioning at the time how he felt the company was heading in a different different direction from his own beliefs as a developer. If you're wondering what's next for the the uh, for the developer of series like Bayonetta, he's now provided an update mentioning that he now hopes to return to games, um, the games industry in 2024. And here's what he had to say to Japanese outlet Famitsu: "I want to get a job making games so that I can have a meal." <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy already. So, uh, but for real, I mean, games like Bayonetta, absolutely a huge fan of those. Um, you know, his most recent game was Bayonetta Origins, um, Cereza and the Lost, the Lost Demon, which arrived on Switch last March. Uh, it says in a video from Platinum Games at the end of last year, one segment highlighted uh, Kamiya walking out, simply saying he's over it. You can see this recap video uh, in our previous story here on Nintendo Life. So um, you can you can check that out. But I love that his quote is just like, I want to get a job making games so that I can have a meal. 
He just wants to eat. He's just, he wants to get back to eating. So really, really funny stuff there. And, and hopefully he does find, uh, find something. And speaking of Bayonetta, there is a rumor that Bayonetta trilogy will be releasing on switch Two. So, uh, this is from my Nintendo news.com. It says the 2023 holiday season may be coming to an end very soon. And the new, and the new year arrives in just a couple days, but that hasn't stopped the switch to rumor mill from churning out a steady, uh, at a steady pace. In fact, new switch to rumor has recently appeared online. That may be very interesting to fans of the Bayonetta games. You see, uh, leaker, N. Weedle has mentioned on Twitter that the Nintendo Switch successor will be getting a Bayonetta trilogy contained all three uh, main titles. The trilogy, trilogy will have visual and performance enhancements, including HDR. Um, N. Weedle also thinks that, the, that Nintendo will announce the Switch 2 before the end of March. If you don't know who N. Weedle uh, is or how credible they are, they have leaked the existence of multiple games, including Metroid Jet, Metroid Dread, and Baton Kaito's Remaster. If you want to see N. Weedle's tweet talking about Bayonetta Trilogy, you can you can do so down below. Uh, and it looks like, well, it's not it's not in English, so I won't even I won't even try to read it. But but like the article said, good chance. And I mean HDR, we haven't really heard we haven't really heard. Uh, much on that front but that's that's a good that's a step in the right direction for making making the games look beautiful is uh is ray tracing going to be a thing am i what i just how's mario kart going to look that's the that's the that's really the main question i have i just want to know how mario kart's going to look but bayonetta trilogy on the switch 2 totally that seems very 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 possible and uh uh Silly me, but I will probably double dip again just because uh, I'm a fan and I want to have it on the on the 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 newest system in case uh, in case it isn't backwards compatible. We'll just have to wait and see though. So this is kind of interesting. A teen prodigy shatters Tetris records, first human to beat the game. It says in a stunning achievement that has the game community buzzing. 13-year-old Willis Gibson, known as Blue Scuddy on YouTube, has become the first human player to conquer Nintendo's iconic video game Tetris. Gibson's remarkable feat captured on his YouTube channel showcases the moment he reached the unprecedented level 157, causing the game to crash after 38 intense minutes of gameplay. Gibson's journey into Tetris mastery began at age 11, and he has since participated in various gaming tournaments, including the 2023 Classic Tetris World Championships, where he secured a third place finish. The teenager's passion for the game has now culminated in a groundbreaking accomplishment that defied longstanding beliefs within the gaming community. Tetris created in 1984 by Soviet engineer um, Alex Pat. Uh, Pachinov, I think I said it right, gained immense popularity after its release on the Nintendo Entertainment System and Game Boy in 1989. Traditionally, players believed it was only possible to play up to level 29 until a few years ago. Gibson's achievement at level 157 has shattered this preconception. In addition, beating the game, Gibson claims to have broken the overall score record and three other Tetris world records. This remarkable accomplishment has sparked a new wave of enthusiasm with, uh, within the gaming community with players across platforms and consoles attempting to surpass the teenagers records. Many are documenting their endeavors on social media and video game streaming 
platforms. This is insanity. This this is really, really insane. And it is going to take me over to YouTube here. Let's see. Let's see. Um, the true kill screen. Okay. Let's see. The true kill screen. There's going to be an ad, but I want to, we're going to fast forward to the kind of the end of this thing. I, I want to see, I want to see what happens here. So level 156, the game is just absolutely screaming. 157. Let's see here. So it won't go to 158. He killed it. He killed it. It shows him. It shows him killing it. The game just crashed. It stopped the true kill screen. That's that's something right there. That is that is amazing. So very, very cool to see. And he's pumped. He is uh, he is very excited. You can see in the video, very very excited. So uh, love love reading about stuff like that and and just seeing seeing you know I I love like speed runs and and world records all that kind of stuff when it comes to gaming because it you know it's that like I would be willing to bet the 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 developers of Tetris on the NES or Game Boy never imagined somebody would end up getting that far never imagined it. And, and now here we are level 157 in Tetris. If you guys want to see how tough it is, fire up Tetris. If you got Nintendo switch online, the game boy has the original Tetris fire it up, put it on the hardest difficulty and see, see what it's like. It doesn't mess around. It does not mess around. So be ready. Well, in Japan, Dragon Quest Monsters the Dark Prince is still sold out at many stores. It seems as though Japanese gamers cannot get enough of Dragon Quest Monsters the Dark Prince as the game continues to be difficult to find in the land of the rising sun, with many stores sold out of physical copies. Square Enix commented on the situation on social media a few months back and recommended purchasing it digitally due to increased demand. Hopefully more physical stock will arrive soon. And uh, there is a tweet here. It says physical copies of Dragon Quest Monsters, the Dark Prince, are still sold out at many stores in Japan. Now, this okay. I'm not gonna lie. I have I have a collection of Dragon Quest stuff. You guys, I've I've purchased a number of them on the Switch, like the old school games. There, there's something I've always kind of I've I I don't know why, but I remember I remember like playing them as a kid, not really understanding them. I was like, this is not, there's not enough action here. What is happening? Why is this fun? And now like that, I kind of have a new love for RPGs, although it's hard for me to spend as much time as I would like on them. I know at some point in my life, I'm finally going to slow down and I'm going to be able to enjoy some of these RPGs. And I kind of want to make sure I have a decent collection of the Dragon Quest games because I have a feeling I'm going to really, really enjoy them. I'm really curious now about Dragon Quest Monsters, the Dark Prince, and uh, um, I may, I may, I may have to pick it up. So we'll, we'll just wait and see. But interesting to find out that it's so, the physical copies are sold out in Japan. Uh, I, I find it, I find it very, very interesting and also amazing. So good, good on them for putting out something that people want. Hopefully they continue to get the physical copies out there because I know it is important to some people to not just have that, that digital library, but to have that, that physical media in their hands. Prince of Persia, Lost Crown producer, didn't want to make a Prince of Persia he wasn't proud of. Uh, Game Informer 
has had some hands-on time with the intriguing 2D adventure Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, and has written an informative hands-on preview as well as interviewing key staff about the project, which apparently didn't, didn't come down from uh, didn't come down from on high from Ubisoft. Instead, a dedicated team with expertise has put, was put together for the project. And thankfully, the employees they wanted were free um, were free for the project. The senior producer of the game, um, Ab- Abdelhak, I think, El, El Guess, told Game Informer that he didn't want to do any Prince of Persia that I wouldn't be proud of um, a demo for the game should be available on the 11th of January. We talked about that recently. Make sure to go, go and check that out. Uh, the article continues. The lost crown wasn't an assignment that came down on high from Ubisoft, but it was instead um, directed by the team. Ratty uh, put helped put together for the game. It's fully us. It's not a command. Ratty says uh, the moment just happened to be right. The people Ratty wanted on the team with the applicable skills uh, like expertise in platforming and world building were finally available within Ubisoft. I didn't want to do any Prince of Persia that I wouldn't be proud of. Senior producer uh, uh, Abdelhak Elges says also citing having the right people be available at the right time um, be a major factor. Again, guys, I've played the demo. Do not sleep on Prince of Persia. Check out the demo for yourself. If you are a fan of of uh, Metroidvania style games, we're in we're in for a treat with this one, and uh, it'll be here before you know it. And again, check the demo out January eleventh. Well, this will excite some some of you. Okay, mother account, a mother account, mother account being Earthbound, right? says plans are being made for mother Two 30th anniversary. It says it's hard to believe, but this year marks the mother, uh, the mother's two 30th anniversary. So of course there's a reason to celebrate the official account for the series says that they're busy preparing various plans for the year ahead, which should spark fans interest. They wouldn't divulge all the details. So we will have to wait and see what transpires. Here's a translation of their post on X. It says, Happy New Year. The year 2024 marks the 30th anniversary of the release of Mother 2. We will mark the 30th anniversary of the release of Mother 2. Um, Let's see. Anniversary of Mother 2 will mark the 30th anniversary of the release of Mother 2. We are preparing various plans for the year ahead. Let's enjoy this year together. We look forward to your continued support. And then there's a, there's a, a very... 8-bit, 16-bit looking um, picture that says Mother 2 anniversary since 1994. So definitely 16-bit. And uh, what does that mean? What what does this mean? And what can we what can we expect? I know this is a series, again, I need to check. I want to get, I I, I want to put some time in. I want to try Earthbound and uh, see if it's my see if it's my cup of tea or not. And I know, you know, I know for a lot of people, it's a game they play once a year. It's a, it's a pretty odd game from my understanding, but it's still one that's always, always, always kind of piqued my interest. And uh, I know there's a lot of people that, that really, really love it. And so 
it's one I maybe maybe this will be my maybe this will be my year. Who knows to check out to check out Earthbound and uh, potentially Mother Two for its 30th anniversary. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of the Nintendo Powercast. And just a quickly, uh, just a, a quick reminder: go and check out the Dirt Mario Kart podcast. Just type that in on your search bar. If you guys can leave me a review on iTunes and Spotify, I greatly appreciate it. It will help boost the show into the feed for everybody to find that is looking for some Mario Kart content. And if you're if you want to get in with the community, I'm shooting for Wednesdays at 5 p.m. I had a family thing come up tonight as we were going to start, and I wasn't able to do it, but. Uh, going forward, Wednesdays at five, some days I'll be in there. Some days I won't, but I just want to get people talking and communicating and, and making friends and, and getting to know each other and, uh, eventually doing some, some competitive Mario Kart. Cause it's, 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 I'm honestly really addicted right now. So, uh, thanks again so much for listening you guys, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye now. 